Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoy today's podcast. We've been talking this month about how God, as our good shepherd, leads us and feeds us. And tonight we're going to be talking about how God, as our good shepherd, protects us. And that is a good thing because we, as human beings, tend to struggle with fear. We can sometimes be a little <laughs> sheepish. And you know, the, the top fears of most people are pretty similar. You know, we are scared of snakes, or we're scared of heights, or we're scared of spiders. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld said that the number one fear in America is public speaking, and the number two fear in America is death, which means that at a funeral, most people would rather be the guy in the casket than the guy giving the eulogy. <laughs> oh, and don't forget the big one. We're scared of the dark. Uh, growing up uh, in our family, we had this huge backyard with a ton of trees, and the compost pile was in the very furthest back corner of the backyard. And inevitably, after dinner, mom would tell me to go take the compost out. And so I would, you know, open the back door and peek my head out, and it's dark out there. You know, the wind is whistling through the trees. I can see the silhouettes kind of dancing against the black sky. I can hear the coyotes howling off in the distance. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a little scared. In fact, I'm more than just a little scared, and my knees are shaking. But, you know, I had to do it. It's better than facing the wrath of mom. And so I would take off running as fast as I could through the backyard, hollering at the top of my lungs, Jesus loves me, this I know, <laughs> to try to keep the coyotes at bay. And yet... We laugh, but we never really grow out of that, do we? Like, it, we try to be in places where they have plenty of street lights, and when we get home late at night, what do we do? We pull out our phone, turn on the flashlight, because we, we don't like the dark. It's uncertain. You don't know what's ahead of you. You never know what you might run into. Of course, for most of us, you know, we're not scared of a dark bedroom anymore, but the darkness of the future scares us a little bit, doesn't it? Fear of the unknown. What if I put myself out there and they reject me? What if I get the virus? What if my kids get contact traced? Uh, what if I don't have enough to make ends meet this year? Christmas is just around the corner all of a sudden. I mean, what's next year going to be like? What happens if this person wins the election? What if that person wins the election? What kind of world are my kids, my grandkids going to grow up in? We are all still at some level Afraid of the dark. And, and you might not feel scared today. Honestly, I, I don't feel afraid right now. But fear is interesting because it often displays itself in a variety of other emotions. Things like anger, apathy, anxiety. And those emotions should be kind of a little warning light on your spiritual dashboard, cluing you into the fact that you are afraid of something. So let's, let's just walk through those. Apathy. You guys, anybody else seen any apathy going around this year? I certainly have. What about anxiety? Anybody, anybody struggle with anxiety this year? Seen any of that going around? <laughs> A study recently here in 2020 has shown that fully one-third of Americans are showing signs of clinical depression and anxiety right now. Wow. Maybe you've heard the famous statistic that the average high school student today displays the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Wow, that's... That's revealing. 
<laughs> Do I even need to ask if we've experienced any anger this year? <laughs> or can we just move past that one? Apathy, anxiety, anger, it's all rooted in fear, which is why we need Psalm 23 today. Psalm 23 is written by David, you know, the, the kid who killed Goliath and went on to become the king of Israel. And you might think that with a reputation like that, that David had nothing to be afraid of, right? But David... Slayer of giants, conqueror of nations, mighty king of Israel. David, here in Psalm 23, he compares himself to a sheep. Like, a sheep? <laughs> really, David? I mean, sheep are utterly defenseless. Dogs have teeth, deer can run, turtles have shells, horses can kick, but sheep, sheep have nothing. The only thing that sheep's gonna win is a pillow fight, right? <laughs> Sheep are neither fast nor fierce. They are neither smart nor swift. They are constantly in danger from rock sides and rivers and poisonous plants. They're susceptible to attacks from lions and wolves and bears. You name it. They're helpless. They need a shepherd to protect them. And, and you might know that David himself had actually been a shepherd. He'd been out in the fields with his flock. The Bible tells us that David had actually killed a, both a lion and a bear when they had uh, come after his sheep. And so here in Psalm 23, David calls God his shepherd. And he says in Psalm 23, verse four, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, a shepherd had, had these two main tools. He had, on the one hand, a staff, and we'll talk a little bit more about the staff next week, but this week, I wanna focus on the rod. This rod was the shepherd's main tool of protection. It's a short wooden club, about somewhere between a foot and a half and two feet long, had a strap on it. They would wear it at their waist. Sometimes they would even fasten nails in the end of it to make it extra deadly. And this was their main method of protection. That's what the rod was for. They would use it to, to throw or to, to beat any thief or any predator that might come after the flock. And so what David is saying here is he's saying, God... Your rod of protection brings me comfort. But the thing is, this, this rod of protection really only brings you comfort, really only brings you protection when God is the one using it, when God is your shepherd. Because make no mistake, there, there's a lot of different shepherds that you can follow, so Whose voice are you listening to? Who are you trusting for protection? We could rewrite Psalm 23 in a variety of ways, depending on how you answer that question. Maybe today your psalm is, the dollar is my shepherd. <laughs> I never have enough. <laughs> I'm always unsatisfied, constantly restless, fearing what the market will do, never quite measuring up to the people that I compare myself to. Or maybe we, you'd say, I am my shepherd. I do whatever I want. But I keep messing up and I'm not yet who I want to be and I'm lonely, but I, I think I can get there if I just try harder. Or maybe you'd say, the president is my shepherd. <laughs> and as long as my party wins, then I feel safe until the next election, of course, when I get scared all over again. Maybe today you'd say, my career is my shepherd, and, and I climb the ladder, and people admire me, and I'm good at what I do, but deep down inside, still kind of haunted by the emptiness of it all. Or maybe you'd say, my marriage is my shepherd, and as long as my spouse doesn't let me down, then I, I think I'll be okay. Or maybe you'd say, my reputation is my shepherd, and as long as people admire me and think I'm smart and want to be around me, then I think I have what I need, but I can never really let my guard down and let them see who I really am. 
Or maybe you'd say, my kids are my shepherd. I have high hopes for them. As long as they're well-liked, well-dressed, well-rounded, and successful, then I won't feel like a failure. And listen, hear me, church. Those are good things. Your family, your reputation, your relationships, our government, your finances, those are good things. But they're bad shepherds. They can't protect you. And if you look to them to protect you, they will only leave you empty and afraid every single time. There's only one good shepherd. There's only one person who will never let you down, only one opinion that is always right, only one power that is never out of office, only one voice worth following. He is the God who made you, the God who redeemed you, the God who has always led his people well. He is the only one with the wisdom and the power to truly protect you physically, spiritually, and eternally. So if you're afraid today, then Psalm 23 gives us two promises of protection from God as our good shepherd that I want you to find rest in. And here's promise number one. He will bring you through. He will bring you through. Uh, Before we go any further, will you join me all in reading out loud all six verses of Psalm 23? We're gonna be reading it through the uh, the NIV here. The words will be on the screen. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you notice that famous verse that David says there in verse four? He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, maybe you grew up hearing it from a different translation, the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, this is deep, utter, oppressive darkness. Some of you have been in that valley before. It only takes a few seconds to get there get that phone call, changes your life. You find a lump. You see a text message on your spouse's phone. A car runs a red light, and all of a sudden, boom, just like that, you're in the valley, and life is never gonna be the same. And it's there in the valley where a lot of people decide that God must not be such a good shepherd after all. He's either not good enough to care or not strong enough to help, and either way, they're just done. But just because you're in the valley doesn't mean God isn't good. In fact, God made it pretty clear. He promised that every one of us is gonna have to go through the valley periodically. Jesus says this very plainly. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. Take it to the bank. You're gonna go through the valley. Abraham still had to wander through the desert. Joseph still became a slave. Moses still had to flee from Egypt. Daniel still had to go to the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego still had to go to the fiery furnace. David still had to hide from Saul. Isaiah still had to preach while nobody listened. The apostles still had to be persecuted. Jesus still had to go to the cross. God never promised to save you from the valley. But he did promise to bring you through it. Notice Psalm 23 
doesn't say that the shepherd is moving the sheep pen down into the valley. He's not building fences down there. He's not setting up shop and, and building a shelter. He's not making you stay in the valley. No, no, no. He's leading you on a journey in which the darkness of the valley is just one necessary step along the way. Shepherds in the Middle East often had to lead their flocks on these long journeys to try to find fresh grass and water. And along the way, they'd have to walk through these creek beds that had been cut by the winter rains that had long since dried up. And so they're down in this valley. The cliff walls are hiding the sun and the Middle Eastern air down there in the bottom of the valley is hot and it's heavy and it's humid and sheep don't have very good balance. They have poor eyesight, so they get scared, especially when it's dark and they can't see what's ahead of them. All they know is that it's not very much fun where they are right now. Maybe you felt that before. Like, I have no idea what's ahead of me. I just know that it's not very much fun right here. But listen, David says that when the shepherd is the one leading you through the valley, you don't have to run like I did through the black night in the backyard, scared out of my mind. You can just walk. I mean, I mean, think about this. When you're living by fear, when you're scared, you don't walk, right? When you're scared, you either run or you hide. But David says that when the shepherd is there with you in the valley, even when you're in the very darkest valley of all, the valley of the shadow of death, you can just walk. You don't have to be motivated by fear. Let, let's play a little game. I want you to take your worst fear into your mind. Bring your worst fear into your mind right now. I don't know what it is, but, but you do. That thing that keeps you up at night, that plagues you with anxiety, that robs you of your mental peace, that makes you worry. Now, let's just imagine that that thing that you are utterly terrified of actually happens. Your deepest fear comes true. Now, if it does, what would happen to God? What would happen to you I don't know what your fear is, but I know the shepherd isn't scared of it and that he would still be right there and that he would still be strong enough to save you. It's just the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. And a shadow can't hurt you. The shadow of a sword can't cut you. The shadow of a snake can't bite you. The shadow of a trap can't catch you. And with the shepherd, even the shadow of death can't hold you. Which is why something incredibly important happens right here in Psalm chapter 23, verse 4. Because up until this point, David's been talking about God in the third person. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me for his name's sake. But then, in verse 4, he turns on a dime. Right here in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, he pulls the shepherd close. He stops talking about God, and he starts talking to God. Check this out. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When you are in the valley of the shadow, lift your voice to the shepherd. I don't know about y'all, but I'm pretty tired of 2020. (laughs) I'm over it. And, and part of the reason I'm tired of 2020 is that we just feel isolated, don't we? I'm tired of masks. I'm tired of not being able to see your beautiful faces. Well, some of your faces. <laughs> I, I'm tired of not being able to give hugs. I'm tired of dividing lines telling us where we can and can't walk. I am tired of having to sit in chairs that are six feet apart. But listen to me, listen to me. God does not have to stay six feet apart from anybody. 
He's right there, right with you, right now in the valley. So just pull him close. No distance there. You can just talk to him. Don't just talk about him. Talk to him because he's there. And listen, he will never lead you somewhere that he has not already been. In the Western hemisphere, if you look at an American sheep farmer, when they herd sheep, they've got sheep dogs, right? They've got four wheelers and they kind of drive the flock from behind, kind of pushing it where they want it to go. But that's not how shepherds do it in the East. They don't drive the flock, they lead them. They're out in front of the flock, calling them. They're not behind it. And listen, if Jesus is leading you through the valley of the shadow of death, it's because he's already been through it. And he knows the way. And, and nobody else can say that. All those other shepherds that you can choose to follow, they can't say that. They don't know the way. The president has not been there. Your spouse has not been there. Your boss, your followers on social media, your bank account has not been there. But Jesus has. A Jewish law stated they, they didn't really expect a, a hired hand to step up and defend the flock of sheep if it was being attacked by a bunch of wild animals. Like, I mean, he's just a hired hand. Nobody expects him to lay his life down for a bunch of silly little sheep. And so, like, if, if a wolf comes along, don't expect your $10 an hour rent-a-shepherd to save you. It's not going to happen. Any other shepherd will leave you high and dry. People will fail you. Politicians will lie to you. Money will leave you. There is only one shepherd that knows the way through the valley and it's because he went through the valley of the shadow of death and he laid down his life for you. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. But I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Look, Jesus can lead you through the valley because he's been there. He's already walked through that valley. He's already faced that enemy. And the good shepherd, the good shepherd became a sheep. He became one of us. He became the sacrificial lamb who laid down his life so that our sin and our ultimate enemies of sin and death were vanquished by the tandem rods of God's justice and God's mercy. He did it by becoming a sheep. The good shepherd laid down his life for us. And now, 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 because of that, we have the promise of his protection. Look what he says in John chapter 10. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one. No one can snatch him out of my hand. So yeah, you, you might be walking through the darkest valley, maybe even the valley of the shadow of death. We talked about it earlier. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But, but he said, take heart. I've overcome the world. When you follow the shepherd, you don't need to fear the shadow. He will bring you through. That's promise number one. But that's not all. There's a second promise here for us too. He will bring you through. And he will fill you up. He will fill you up. David says here in verse five, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So imagine this. All of a sudden now, we're in the valley of the shadow of death. There's enemies all around us. And God sits us down at a victory feast. 
Can you imagine sitting down at the table to eat lunch while somebody is trying to kill you and God says, no, 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 don't worry about that. I got this, you just eat. What? David says he anoints our head with oil. In those times, that was was lavish treatment for an honored guest. David says, my cup is full. No, 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 that's not what he says, is it? No, he says, my cup overflows, runneth over. I grew up in a big family, six kids. And so going out to eat was a really rare privilege in our family. And most of the time, going out to eat meant McDonald's. And the rule was that when we went to McDonald's, when we went out to eat for something special, we got to get three items off the dollar menu. But uh, then another baby came along. I think it was uh, baby number five, maybe, and just ruined everything. And (laughs) I, I still remember the day that the rule changed. I was sitting in the back seat of the minivan, and mom told me I could only order two items off the dollar menu. Now, this was cruel and unusual punishment, because you know what that means. That means no drink, right? But every now and then, every now and then, I got to go on vacation with my uncle's family, and they were rich. They only had three kids. You know what that means. That means we got to drink pop. And we got to go to these places to eat where you actually sit down at a table and they bring you free refills. It was so cool. It was like paradise. It was awesome. You know, back in David's day, if you were having dinner with the king, as long as the king's servants kept filling your cup, that meant that you were still welcome at the king's table. But if they let your cup kind of get empty, that meant that's, it's time for you to get going and let the king get on with his day. But your cup, David says, It isn't just full. It's running over so much that there's a big old spill right on the table in front of you. That is how much the king wants to be with you and to take care of you, even right here in the valley. We have a a little CD that plays like 10 million times in our van as we're driving around. And it's just these Bible verses that are put to music. And so one of these little Bible verse songs that gets stuck in Judah's head is from Psalm 34, verse 10 which says the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. It gets stuck in my head all the time. That's a pretty good verse that gets stuck in your head. The Apostle Paul says something really similar in the New Testament, Philippians 4, 19. He's writing from prison, which is a dark valley if there ever was one. And he says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He's writing that from prison. Jesus, one time, he meets this woman at a well who was looking for her protection and her satisfaction in all kinds of bad shepherds. And he said to her in John chapter four, listen, everyone who drinks this well is gonna be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Promise number two, take it to the bank. He will fill you up. You ever have those days where you just feel empty? You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're there right now. <laughs> Seems like I've had more than just a few of those days lately where I'm driving home and it's just like, God, Lord, I've, I've got nothing <laughs> Lord, like I'm running on fumes here. I am running low on patience today. I have no idea how I'm gonna love my wife and my kids well. God, my tank is just empty. And then the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 Proctor. 
your cup is full and I'll give you just what you need, the power to obey, grace for every moment. He will fill you up. So, so whatever valley you're walking through right now, whether it's the valley of the shadow of divorce or the shadow of addiction or the shadow of depression or the shadow of loneliness or the shadow of anger or the shadow of anxiety or the shadow of financial troubles or even the valley of the shadow of death, whatever valley it is, when you follow the shepherd, you don't need to fear the shadow because he will bring you through and he will fill you up. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, great shepherd and overseer of our souls, we praise you for meeting us at our moment of need and giving us every spiritual blessing through your son, Jesus Christ. In him, we have found mercy and acceptance and adoption and freedom and power. And you have indeed filled us up with your Holy Spirit And we trust that you are bringing us through, bringing us through the valley for your glory at just the right time, at just the right pace, to just the right place. And so we're coming now again, Lord, to this table to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus, our good shepherd who became one of us and who laid his life down for the sheep. And we feast even though we are not yet fully freed from the presence of our enemies, sin and death, we're gonna eat, knowing that our victory is secure. In Christ we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.